In our culture, we learn through stories. But what if the stories we hear don't match the reality of life? What if the stories we hear every day that tell us how to write the narrative of our lives actually lead us to a false narrative? My name is Tim Kroll, and on this podcast, you will hear real stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Real people sharing the hard times, the bends in the roads along life's journey. If you're ready to join a community of other real people who are writing the narrative of their lives, then go to narrative.live and join the community. Now let's dive into today's show. All right, welcome back once again. We've got another fabulous story. I got to tell a quick story about Edwina here. <laughs> the first time, like when you popped on my radar, we were working through Conquer. We were doing some stuff. I know you were in the cleaning business, but the first time that I was really impressed was when you showed up in Chicago at our Lego show. And you were just like, wow, this is like a whole new world. And I, 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 that just impressed me because I felt you looking at, okay, what are the bigger stories of people's lives? And you came in and you checked out and you like all of these things with myself and my son and the stuff that we were displaying. And you were just, I, I, I can't tell you how much I, that was, oh my, wow. five years ago now, I think that was, I can't remember how long ago it was. It was, it, it's been a minute, but anyway, that appreciation and the fact that I know that there's been a journey and all these things that have been going on, and I'm excited to get into some of those details, but just the fact that you value stories and the fact that you value people's lives has really made me appreciate who you are as a person. So anyway, that part kind of came in, so I wanted to share that with you. Yeah. I know I may be cool. surprised you on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, so let's go ahead and jump in and get started. And we do that, you know, for our 30 second, you're in the elevator. Who are you? Not necessarily what do you do, but you know, you meet somebody for the first time. Who are you? Well, you know, you kind of set me up for something that I, I didn't plan to say, but I'm Edwina the encourager. Okay. And I like for relationships to be intentional and not transactional. So I, I really do enjoy getting to know people and their backstory and figuring out like what makes them tick what why do they operate like this where did that come from kind of a thinking so that's i don't know i, I think i've always done that but i definitely do it now yeah <laughs> well and that's a powerful thing too and and then we maybe get into this maybe we won't we'll see where the story goes but I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear about that so you know let's start with the station that we always start with is what were the narratives that you grew up under the the beliefs that you had that you formed prior to stepping into the adult life of who you are now, but what what was maybe a little bit of the childhood, maybe the school life, what were the influences, what were the narratives that were either verbally told to you, said, hey, you need to listen this way or walk this way or live this way. Maybe it was exemplified. What Where were you at with those? Yeah. So that, you know, that's something I haven't talked much about, but I'm in the beginning stages of writing a book. And this is a part of it when I talk about who was I, right? Because a lot of things happened to me later in life. But as a kid, I was the middle child and like right smack dab in the middle. My older sister is about eight years older than me. My younger sister about eight years younger than me. Now, I didn't grow up in my immediate family with that common thing of like, nobody loves me. I'm not seen. I don't, I didn't feel like I was unloved in my immediate family by any means. However, it was different for me, you know? Like, my sister had eight years alone time with my parents. Right. And then my younger sister had eight years alone time with my parents because I was out of the house living on my own by the time I was 18. So, I never had that alone one-on-one -on -one time to bond with my parents the way they did, if that makes sense. Right. 
So it's just different. You know, it is what it is. And then in my <laughs> extended family, I was smack dab in the middle. Like my older sister had two cousins about her age. And then my mm. younger sister had two cousins about her age. And I was just alone sometimes, a lot of times, with grandma sewing or whatever. And I <laughs> love grandma, and I, I really appreciate the times I had with her alone. It was a very different world for me, and I never knew why I felt like I didn't fit in, but I did yeah. feel that way. And the very, very few times I would verbalize it, because I didn't understand it, so I didn't verbalize it well, I was told, oh, it's not like that, you know? And then... As I got older, the very, very few times I've mentioned it, because I, it does make more sense now, I'm told, oh, it wasn't that way. I'm like, how the hell do you know? <laughs> like, it was my life. I was the one who was alone. You know, like, I think I know. That formed some differences for me. Yeah. So, so looking at that, like, was it something that you actually, and this is what's interesting about everybody's stories is they have different takes on things. And obviously as a child, we interpret it based on kind of a, a smaller view, but yet we draw conclusions off of that because we don't actually see the bigger picture as kids. Right. So the feeling of being left alone, and, and I, I'm going to ask an in-depth question. That, that's just how we do things here. But did that create like covenants where you said, because I feel this way, I will never and then you fill in the blank, or because I experienced this pain, I will never allow that. To, did that create covenants with yourself as far as an individual? And, and can we talk about that? Yeah. So I was also a military brat. So I was the new kid in school a lot of times. And when you're the new kid in school, it can be common for you know nobody to talk to you or whatever, because they don't know what to say to you. Not mm. because maybe you've done anything wrong, but they just don't know what to do with you because you're new. So because of like my experience in my family and then those experiences in school i never wanted anybody to feel like that so when i see somebody's a new person i'm like hey welcome you know how's it going and i try to learn about them because i really do care right and that's where it comes from so you form that's an obviously oh i shouldn't say obviously that's a very true and very positive narrative that you're crafting that was formed out of something that potentially could have been very negative and you took that and looked at it from a different perspective. Is there anything that carries over from those, I'll call them heartaches, but they're kind of a challenge. Was there, is there anything else that carries over that you maybe go overboard sometimes? And I, I find this in my own life. I find I'm asking because I've done it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can think of one. So I hadn't talked about it in 16 years, but uh, the reason why I even have my podcast and writing a book and these things is because just six months ago, for the first time publicly, I started talking about that my first husband ended up being a con man. But you know what? I introduced myself to him. <laughs> and you'll learn more about that in the book. So because I'm that person who gravitates to somebody and is like, hey man, what's going on? Let me learn about you. You know? Now yeah. when they're when they can fool and fool on a high level, <laughs> that can get you. And just that ability and the willingness to be open to meeting other people. You know, some people are really closed off. They don't really feel the need to meet a lot of people. They're settled and happy yeah. knowing their siblings and their cousins, and they just don't care to know a lot of people. Right. I like to know people. Yeah, and that's, it's amazing how sometimes our greatest strengths also turn out to be sometimes our biggest weaknesses, right? Then, and, and we have to balance that in our lives. I'm going to let you go the direction that you would like to go. This intrigues me. When, when we talk about people in their lives and how some of the trauma that we've grown through gives us almost supernatural, superhuman type abilities to be able to reach out and to connect with others. But then at the same time, 
it's almost our Achilles heel of the the kryptonite that kind of really takes us down. And this has been a concept, and I, I'm glad you brought this up because it's like this concept of this, we have this great, great superpower, but yet it's still, it hurts us at times. And so how do you, how do you marry those two? How do you create boundaries? That's really where I'd love to go. But what was the shift to kind of start to realize some of these things that you've got going on? Well, you know, for me, there's a, I believe in accountability. So even though I wasn't the liar, I wasn't the cheater, I wasn't the one literally living a lie, I had to take personal accountability, you know, mm. and reflect on like, how did I get in that situation? Now, to be fair, and again, this will be out in when the full story's out, but this guy really was good. Like he legitimately fooled high level people who are trained to detect frauds. Okay. Like he was good. So on one sense that makes me feel good. I hate yeah. that he did that to them. They were great people. They are great people, but it, it really did help me balance that. Cause I'm like, it really makes you feel stupid and it's humiliating, you know? But I was like, well, at least it wasn't just me. And like, maybe, maybe it's not because I'm stupid or maybe it's not because I'm, you know, did this wrong or did that wrong, but like, he's just really good. But again, you still have to like, look at yourself and be like, okay, how can I make sure this doesn't happen again? And that's where gut instinct, I mean, it's just huge. And mm. I, I don't go against that, no matter how much I want to, no matter how much, I mean, I'm a, I'm a smart person. I, I evaluate things, I research things, and no matter how much my brain is telling me something, if my gut is telling me something else, as silly as it may sound, I'm going with that. So can you walk us through some of that learning process, the personal development that you had during those times? Because, and here's really where I think the rubber meets the road. And many people that are listening, they're like, either A, they're, they're at the beginning of this and say, oh, that will never happen to me. But then sometimes it does. B, some people are right in the middle of it realizing, and they feel that pain of, I can't believe I was so idiotic in these actions. I can't believe, I mean, like you just said, what's wrong with me? And then coming out on the other side, the, the final part of it is that healing aspect of it. And if you want to go in different a different way, we can totally do that. But this, I think, is really powerful for people to hear is what is that process like and how do you walk through it? Well, it's just being real, you know, allowing your feelings to be hurt because you've got to, like I said, take a look at everything and go back and have personal accountability and I think that's a big reason why people don't like personal accountability is because it can hurt your feelings, you know? Mm. But on the other hand, for instance, like those moments of thinking, oh my God, I should have just listened to my gut when this happened, when that happened. And, you know, just beating yourself up it, instead of beating yourself up and saying, man, I dropped the ball there. Or I, it could have happened here or, you know, whatever. It's just saying, you know what? It happened. Good things will come out of this adversity. And that's what I'm going to focus on. And, and that's where my podcast, Let's Make Some Noise, and that concept came from was because noise, to me, and I love what you're doing with narrative, because noise, that it's an acronym for me of a narrative of inspiration, strength, and encouragement. So sure, mm. this terrible thing happened. It could happen, you know, this or something else could happen to you. I mean, I've also nearly died a few years ago. I came out of that adversity with the same concept, and I'm here to make noise. A positive How do you... How do you develop the mindset or the strength of mind? There's so many people, and I've talked to many, and there's so many people that are trapped in this and they don't, they can't see the positive. They can't get them 
selves to realize or, or to have a perspective that there is a different way. How do you get to that stage of being able to say, yes, I can take this trauma. I can take this negative. How do you get to that point? How, how do you, how does somebody that's stuck in that, how do you get them to kind of see from a different perspective? So I have a lot to say about that. I actually have, I'm available for speaking too, because I, I have a framework that's like, I call it the rocky water <laughs> approach. And again, with like going through that with my ex and then nearly dying and, and how do you come out of adversity and let go to find beauty in that? So a big part of it and just kind of cutting to the chase would be just get up, you know, like literally just get up. And I don't care if you have to, if you're not getting out of the house and, you know, just put some lipstick on, throw your hair in a messy bun, but get up, get, change your clothes. Life really is going to go on and seasons are a real thing. They're a real thing in nature. They're a real thing in our life. So just get up because the season will be changing and you want to make sure you're not hibernating through all of them. It reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but what about Bob? And yeah. uh, he talks about, I need to take the baby steps, baby steps. And it sounds like that's pretty much what you're saying is the fact of you got to take that first step. I mean, like if you don't take that first step, then it's impossible to even get to the second or third step. Yeah. And as far as like the water, again, there, there's more to this concept, but you know, Whenever I was healing from my heart failure, which should have taken my life, suddenly was only functioning at 15%, and you can drop dead if it's below 35%. And <laughs> yeah, that's a whole journey. But I stand, I'm here today, zero surgeries. I haven't even been on medication in almost two years. And that's like, it's not a hurt, it's not a thing. It's unheard of. But I started painting during that time, and I hadn't painted in. I, I was saying 20 years, but it was actually close to 30 years. But I had never done watercolor painting, and I was watercolor painting. And that's a very different than the oil painting. With oil painting, you have a lot of control, you know? You have a lot of control over the color and where the color's going, where the, just what you're doing. And with watercolor, I really had to learn that because the water has control. And I literally was sitting at my table, and I just started crying because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to let go. Just like, I got to let go in this painting. Like, there's going to be beauty that's going to come out of this, but I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. And your painting is going to be a masterpiece wherever that water takes it. Just let go. I, I think that's such a powerful, powerful concept that we often miss. And then there's two sides of that. And I, I love where you're going with this and the aspect that we have to act. But yet at the same time, we don't have complete control on the results of what's going on. And I, that, that word picture that you just gave us is you are still acting. You still have to apply the brush to the canvas. And whether that is through the colors and, and then mixing into the water, but then, like you said, the water has control over that. And that is so much like our lives. We think it's horrible. <laughs> we think it's, it's out of our control, which technically it is. And we think that it's going to look awful. And yet it turns into this incredible work of art. Our lives are no yeah, different. You know, you know I, was a, I was a paramedic. I was in the military. I have been a business owner 15 plus years. A lot of control. <laughs> okay. Like I take control and get stuff done. Maybe when times I shouldn't. So it was definitely a lesson. And honestly, 
I feel like that's why that even happened to me. It was a, it was my personal journey of learning to let go, and boy, did I. <laughs> and and <laughs> so, things of beauty has happened since then. Yeah, so we've kind of, this has been a little bit different because we've mixed in some of the transitions along with some of the narratives, and this, this interview has been a little bit different, but if we could sum it up, what would you say growing up was a false narrative that you held to or a false belief that you held to, and then... How did, like, we talked about the how and the, the circumstances, but maybe we can kind of go in a little bit to the aspect of what is it that you understand now is the true narrative of life? Hmm. The only thing I can think of is, you know, there's a play on words with the let's make some noise is I was quiet. Now, I think I was naturally quiet. I'm soft-spoken. My voice doesn't project well. That That's a physical trait of mine. How did you make it through the military with that? I, I'm, I know. I got in trouble. I got in trouble a lot. Because, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I was like, my voice was raw, and I couldn't, and I was a leader, and yeah, it was hard. So that, you know, they're like, louder, louder. I'm like, I, I just can't. And then I would even whisper to my mom, you know, instead of just speaking out loud, because I think it goes back to that just, I'm not seen anyway, so I'm not going to, I don't know if it's just, I think deep down, it really was a, I'm, I'm not seen, so why make a fuss? So but that is the, now, that, that would be the false narrative that you, yeah, that you kind of exactly. look, okay. And now I'm the one who's like, always on videos. I have a podcast. I'm, you know, all this stuff. And my family's like, who are you? You know, because <laughs> that's not who I was as a kid. So in that, as you flesh that out and, and especially as talking to other people, there's so many ways I want to go with this. And I, I, want, I want to be something. What's that? <laughs> I'm complex. <laughs> it's good though. But, and this is where I, I, this is what the beauty of these narratives and these stories are, is that one of the individuals that I interviewed, he's got four or five different things, but we can find that common web that weaves everything together, the thread that weaves everything together. And I love the illustration that you just used because it's almost like the water is just weaving that story together for you in a way that's, that's coming out and unexpected, but you're, you're kind of along for the ride. So I, I guess where I'm at right now, uh, where I think people are and they're listening is like, okay, I hear you, but man, I can't see the end and I still feel like I really need to control things. So there's another aspect and I believe you, maybe we can f talk about this a little bit too, is you still, when you reach out and talk to people, cause you love to be able to talk to people, I'm sure you probably learned that you kind of have to create boundaries and it's not just a gut feeling, but there's also boundaries that you have to put in there to be able to not allow that kryptonite to kind of come in and just knock you off your rocker again. So let's let's go in those two directions. One is just the aspect that people are like, yeah, I don't know if this is for me. And then two is, okay, how do we actually build those boundaries around our lives? Well, as far as letting go and you believing like that's not for you, uh, like I said, I get it. I was the control freak who, I mean, I could come on scene as a paramedic and there could be mass chaos, multiple literally multiple bodies everywhere and i'm the lead medic i only have one person with me an emt basic who isn't even as trained to the level i am and i could take control of that scene confidently and you know so there are times when i get it you know you know control can matter but when you're looking at life but i'll say even in that i wasn't god like if those people are going to live or die i'm not god i knew early on in my career when I was showing up to mass chaos, I was not there to save their lives. I was there because something bad happened, and I'm going to do the best of my abilities to help them. The rest 
was up to God because I'm not God. And so with life, you know, I had to say, well, I'll show up and do the best I can do, but I don't have control of this situation. And thank God I don't because <laughs> I just, I can't see everything. I don't know everything. So why am I trying so hard in my personal life when I could show up on scene and know that I'm not God? Why am I thinking I'm God now? It was like pride. So I would say, look at it as pride and say, oh, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to be prideful. That's not who I am. Well, then don't be prideful and, and say, okay, God, I get it. You are fully in control. What do I need to do? <laughs> And just do that, even if it's just getting out of bed. And I love that. And the fact of doing the best of what you're capable of. Obviously, and we use that paramedic, you were fully trained. You had to go through a lot of different experiences. I'm sure there were situations that they had you practice on the activities and the, the things that would save somebody's life. But like you said, at the end of the day, whether that person lives or dies, it's really not up to me. I can do everything that I can, control all of the aspects that I have learning, talents, skills, personality, all that stuff. I can control that, but I can't control the end result. And I, I just love how you paint that picture. That's just incredible. So, Thank all right. You. So we asked two questions there. The one was that, now, how do we put boundaries, healthy boundaries around scenarios or situations that potentially could cause us more harm rather than complete, like that's one of the ways you could have done it. Like after your, your, your first husband there, you could have just said, I will, I'm never going to get married again. I'm never going to enter another relationship. I'm never going to talk to a new person again. You could have gone down that road, but you didn't. So what can we do when we've been that hurt to be able to say, I can keep moving forward? Like you said, just get up. But what are the safety nets? What are the boundaries that we can put on that to be able to say, okay, yeah, I can, I can say that I'm going to move forward, but I'm not going to allow that to happen. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it comes down to just still having that willingness <laughs> to meet people and find out about them and, and just using the things you learn like okay i'm gonna go with my gut though this time and not denying that and knowing that technically it could happen again somebody could fool me again but if it does i know that i'm gonna be okay <laughs> uh, you know it's just let's just get over this and uh, when i say that i don't say it lightly because it's Things aren't easy to get over, right? But you can and you will. All right. So here's a million dollar question for you. And I will probably end on this question. That level of confidence that you just expressed, <laughs> saying that you can and you will get over that, how do you get that level of confidence? Where does that come from? You know, confidence is definitely taught. So I'm thankful that I had a dad who, you know, we had. There were three daughters, and he he had three sisters, and so he did. He never looked at us as being like, "Well, you're a girl, you can't do that." So I've just kind of naturally been like, "Well, why couldn't I do that?" You know, that that's my way of thinking. It came naturally, and I understand not all, especially women, are afforded that mindset. So if you're the person out here and you have no confidence because nobody built you up like that or, or encouraged you and it's not even that i was encouraged with words it was more of just like it just it just was that way right <laughs> um, an example yeah but just like they were an example other people in your life can be an example so get around those people because it's true i mean anybody can do anything whether it's good for you or bad for you you can do it 
you know, <laughs> like, I mean, if you want to go rob a bank today, you can go rob a bank. It doesn't mean you should, but you can literally do whatever you want to do. So confidence is just ignoring a lie, you know? I can't say it any better. I love, love the way you use words. It's awesome. And so again, like I told you earlier in the episode of things, but I, I want to give you a chance to, because sometimes I direct these conversations and sometimes there's something that's on your heart. And, and I want to give you the chance. Is there something that you really need to share, want to share, or something that is, if somebody doesn't take anything else away from this conversation, what's that one thing you want them to walk away with? Well, you know, like I said, for me, NOISE is an acronym of a narrative of inspiration, strength, and encouragement. So whatever you have been through today, whatever you're going to go through tomorrow, and it's going to knock you down, I want you to be a noise maker. So just know that adversity is going to be your best asset. And the noise you make from that is going to be beautiful. It's such a great concept, but it's so hard to, to just really get in your heart and really believe. But if you can truly do that, and those that are listening, if you can really truly grasp and understand this concept, it's it's such a powerful, powerful concept. All right, so how can people get in touch with you? What is the best way? I know you, you do speak, and I know you've got your podcast going, and we're going to definitely put links in there. But what's the best way to get in touch with you? EdwinaAdams.com. And I know you can let's spell it. it'll be spelled out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's spell it. I mean, it'll be in the notes, but let's go ahead and spell it. That way, those that are listening, can can they can go back and rewind it if they don't. So let's spell it out. Thank you for asking. Edwina, E-D-W-I-N-A, Adams, A-D-A-M-S.com. Perfect. Man, again, thank you. This may have gone in a totally different direction than what you were planning. And, uh, but that's the love. That's, I love the beauty of these conversations and the fact that we can actually just hear a little bit more about the behind the scenes and the stories and the trauma and the challenges. And, and if you're listening out there, and I say this every episode, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. If something's touched you, if something has impacted you, those that are on this podcast, those that, that you are listening to, I know every one of their hearts is they would love to hear from you. So whether you contact me or you contact Edwina, it, it doesn't matter as long as you're making that reply. And we want to hear from you guys. So reach out to us. Let us know exactly what's going on or how it impacted you. Again, thank you for, for being here. I can't share enough how much I'm, I'm grateful for y'all showing up. Those are listening. I'm going to close it out now. So I'm kind of rambling here a bit, but I'm going to go. fun. Yeah, this is. So those that are listening, one, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to actually see people and see the other 80% of the communication and the, the emotion that comes out of people's expression, you got to go to YouTube to be able to watch that. Those that are on YouTube, you can hear an edited version back in uh, our podcasting part of it. We love to be able to have you on both platforms to be able to take a look at that. So until the next story comes out, Keep writing the narrative of your life and stay strong to the truths that are there for you. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the author of your story? Take the next step now at www.narrative.live and enter your details to connect with a community of others just like you that are tired of living under the false narrative. Finding your true story and writing your narrative, it will give you clarity, freedom of your day, and it just might change your life forever.